Trek today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. Last year, West Michigan Congressman Justin Amash was the first and only Republican in the U.S. House to fully back the impeachment of President Donald Trump. Then Amash left the GOP and became an independent. And now he's taking the first steps toward a possible run for president as a third party candidate. What does Amash bring to the table and what kind of dynamics would he inject into what is already a pretty wild election if he were a candidate for the presidency running perhaps as a libertarian or an independent? That's where we want to continue the conversation here on Detroit Today and joining us to talk about Amash and his possible run for the presidency is Sheikha Dalmia. She is a senior analyst at the Reason Foundation, a self-progrived progressive libertarian uh, who has written a lot about libertarians in the age of Trump and what these kind of things actually mean. Sheikha, welcome back to Detroit Today. Thanks for having me on, Stephen. Yes. Uh, also with us is Dennis Darnoy, who is a Republican political consultant who tracks voter data. Dennis, welcome to the program. Thank you, Stephen. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So, Sheikha, I'm going to start with you. And for listeners who don't know, give us a quick thumbnail of who Justin Amash is. You have followed him pretty closely throughout his political career. Right. Um, so he is, as you pointed out, a congressman from Western Michigan, the Grand Rapids area. He's been re-elected five times. Um, he is a small L libertarian uh, until now. Now he has joined, become he's made his move to the big L libertarian, which is he has, uh, uh, you know, uh, quit even being an independent and become and joined the libertarian party. He is one of those rare uh, individuals in politics who takes uh, the constitution of this country extremely seriously. And what's interesting is that he himself is a first-generation immigrant. Um, his parents uh, immigrated from Palestine. His dad was actually a Syrian, was a was was a refugee. Um, and uh, you know, as first-generation immigrants often are, they are much more serious about the constitution than Native Americans. And Amash is in that category. And he has consistently voted his. Uh, conscious. He's one of those rare breeds of politicians who actually uh, tries to do what he says. And so he will come up with all kinds of votes that seem quirky to uh, partisans because uh, his record spans the extreme right to the extreme left and everything in the middle. Um, so he is a man of conscience. He takes federalism seriously. He takes the rule of, rule of law, meaning that the government uh, needs to abide by the Constitution seriously, and he, uh, you know, is a fiscal conservative and a social liberal, which is why he has described himself as a small libertarian. Mm -hmm. So, tell us what your reaction is to this idea of Amash running for president. Well, you have to put me on the spot, right? <laughs> uh, so, you know, I mean, uh, I'm, a, I'm an Amash fan. Like I said, he's one of these rare breeds of politicians who has integrity. Uh, you don't find he is a man of personal integrity, you know, kind of Obama-esque uh, family man, loves his wife, loves his children. He gave an interview to Nick Gillespie, uh, my editor at Reason, you know, where he 
you know, sort of affirm that he's never going to be charged by the kind of, uh, you know, accusations that both the primary candidates, uh, Trump and Biden, have faced from women. Uh, and I believe him. And, uh, you know, and uh, when it comes to politics, uh, you know, he really lets the uh, chips fall uh, where they may. I mean, so he is really one of the only politicians out there, you know, who doesn't posture and he describes himself as normal, uh, which I think is accurate, which says something about the current state of our politics, right, when the libertarian is the normal candidate. But, um, but you know, this is a very high-stakes election, too. <laughs> and I... You know, and I do worry a little bit about the spoiler effect, not a whole lot, but there is a background worry for me yeah. as to, uh, you know, whether this will turn turn out to be a distraction, especially given like in states like Michigan, Donald Trump won with only 11,000 votes. Mm -hmm. So uh, there is a little bit of a background worry, but I'm in, you know, but I have very high regard for Justin Omash. Mm. Uh, Dennis Darnoy, uh, let's talk about what kind of dynamic Justin Amash might inject into the presidential election if he ran as a libertarian, for instance. Uh, you and I have talked a lot about uh, Trump, uh, the, the president, and the people who might run against him on the Democratic side and how those dynamics might play out. But we have never talked about a third-party candidate with the kind of recognition that Justin Amash has gotten for himself over the last year, what would that look like? Well, uh, you know, certainly having, um, you know, a congressman from the state would would in the vote in Michigan. I mean, when you look at uh, Gary Johnson, who ran as a libertarian candidate last cycle, um, he got 9% of the vote in New Mexico, having been a former governor there. Um, so the question is, can Justin translate being a congressman in a West Michigan district um, to having somewhat of a statewide impact? Um, and he, um, you know, very well well known given his his position on impeachment. But um, you know, does that does that translate? And when we look at the vote from 2016, um, you know, four counties: Kent, Macomb, Oakland. Um, and Wayne provide 40% of the vote for the Libertarian candidate. Uh, so the, the question would be, in those counties, is Justin Amash more likely to take votes away from Donald Trump, um, or is he going to have more of an impact on Joe Biden? And obviously, that uh, with Michigan being being in the spotlight for the 2020 election, that's a, a key question to, to look at. Mm. Um, so before Amash was a member of Congress, Dennis, he served in the Michigan House and made a big splash there as well. Uh, talk about your view of his career up to this point and the impact he made on the political discourse. Also, give us a sense of what you thought of him as a Republican who, as Sheikha points out, thought pretty independently, uh, didn't always toe the line. Um, what what kind of politician and what kind of effect has he had as a politician on Republican politics? Well, I mean, two two sort of different questions there. In terms of effect, um, I mean, he's done a great job of highlighting inconsistencies or hypocrisies uh, in you know within Republican politics and policies that they've taken in terms of actually accomplishing 
anything. Um, that's a very, very limited record that, that he has. But he has, I mean, as you say, going back to his days in the State House, um, not been shy about um, stating his opinion, and whether that would rankle leadership or not was not a concern of his. So he is a very independent thinker. He is one who, um, from his standpoint, has been consistent. Um, if he sees something that he doesn't uh, believe passes the smell test, he's not afraid to call it out, uh, regardless of whether the, the leadership of his party uh, likes it or not. So um, he is a, a candidate and a uh, elected official who speaks his mind, who uh, toes a very consistent course, um, and you know has his attracted attention for his willingness to uh, call things out that he disagrees with. I'm talking with Dennis Darnoy, a Republican political consultant, and uh, Sheikha Dalmia, a senior analyst at the Reason Foundation, about the prospect of Congressman Justin Amash, a congressperson from West Michigan, running for president, perhaps as a libertarian, as as some sort of third-party candidate. Uh, He has talked about taking those initial steps to do that. What would that mean in 2020, given the dynamics between the Democratic Party and President Trump, uh, who is, of course, standing for re-election? If you want to join the conversation, give us a call. Tell us what you make of Amash's possible entrance into the presidential race as a libertarian. Uh, Are you someone who would consider voting for Amash in November, or do you think he has the potential to play the role of spoiler this year, like many believe Jill Stein did in 2016, or Gary Johnson, uh, third-party candidates who people, some people blame for uh, the win that uh, President Donald Trump got in states like Michigan. Um, and who do you think would lose the most votes to a candidate like Amash? Would it be former Vice President Joe Biden, who is the presumptive Democratic nominee at this point, or would it be President Trump? As always, the number here on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page, put comments there, or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we'll work you into the conversation. Also, give us a, a call and tell us if you're somebody who thinks a lot about third-party politics and maybe believes that third-party politics are part of the solution to the intractable nature of two-party politics that we see so frequently right now. Again, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. Let's start with Dan in Detroit. Dan, welcome to the program. Hey, thanks for having me, Stephen. Um, So I'm going to have to agree with Nolan Finley on Amash, and that is he said, you know, he'd love to see a third party happen Mm -hmm. like I would. We don't find either choice as being good, but Nolan said, you know, he doesn't think Amash is the one, right, that's going to make anything significant happen. Um, As to whether he would take more votes from Trump or Biden, I think that's an open book um, because, you know, obviously he's a libertarian, which might lead some people to think he'd take more votes on the right from Trump. But at the same time, you know, he's pro-immigrant, he's socially liberal, I don't know how much of an appetite there is for that among the Trump base. An an interesting guy to look at is Don Blankenship, who ran for Senate in Mm -hmm. West Virginia, is launching a third-party bid with the Constitution Party. Mm -hmm. Um, He's got a lot of money. He's Trumpier than Trump. So he's for those sort of Ann Coulter-esque people who, you know, think that Trump is failing and that he hasn't gone right enough. He could take a lot of votes from Trump. Um, And and, and so really, um, to wrap it up, I, I... 
really want a third party. I think we need one, but I don't think what Amash is offering is what the people are looking for in uh, that ideal candidate. Yeah. So, so uh, before I let you go, Dan, I, and I really appreciate that perspective. Uh, what will you do in November if it's Biden versus Trump, or if it's Biden versus Trump versus Amash? You know, I'm a I'm a, a somebody who hates Trump. Um, and I would I voted for Bernie Sanders in the primary. Mm-hmm. I've liked him on a lot of views. Um, and, and, you know, so I'm, I'm sort of in this place where everyone sort of pressures me. I'm in some Democratic circles to vote for Biden. Um, but I, you know, certain things like Biden's view on trade, right? He's you know, sort of an unapologetic free trader. I can't support that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'll, I, I can't vote for Joe Biden. I either won't vote for either or I'll just, you know, I probably wouldn't vote for Amash. I probably won't vote, Stephen. It's sad. But, you know, I don't see third-party candidates as having a chance, and I don't like either major-party candidate, and so I give up. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no. Well, Dan, I I really respect the thought that you have put into all of this, uh, but but I really do hope that you – change your mind and actually cast a ballot in in November. I think that's actually really important. Um, uh, But I I do appreciate the call and the thoughts. Uh, Sheikha and Dennis, what do you think of what uh, Dan makes of all? Is is Amash the wrong candidate to make a third party uh, sort of viable option? Sheikha, I'll start with you. Well, uh, you know, yes, to some extent, uh, uh, he doesn't have the name recognition that you would need, like of a, you know, Ron Paul has far, had far more name recognition than Justin Amash, right? And he still got only 10% of the vote. Uh, and uh, Ross Perot basically bought himself name recognition because he was a billionaire and had the funds. I mean, Amash has neither of those things. So that makes a successful third party run uh, really an uphill battle for him. Right. On the other hand, uh, you know, I think a number of people have to run as third parties and keep chipping away at the two party system. Uh, before you get a third party. So I, I see him as sort of part of the process. And actually what a libertarian party run, I think that that's smart of him to try and run uh, on a libertarian party ticket rather than as an independent because the libertarian party gives him access to the ballot on all 50 states, right? right? Which is important, which he couldn't get by himself, by himself given that yeah. he doesn't have Ross Perot's money. So in that sense, I mean, I think he is going about it the smart way Although he may not have all the ingredients, uh, you know, to be a successful uh, successful candidate. Uh, Dennis, yeah. So I would say, I guess I'd first want to know how do you define viable? Because you know, in 2016, third party candidates received six percent of the overall vote uh, across the United States, five percent here in Michigan. Ross Perot, as mentioned back in uh, 1992, received 19.3 percent of the vote, um, which, you know, what is uh, the high watermark? So if viable is a third candidate, a third party candidate winning office, um, then no, I mean, of course not. He's he's not viable. And I don't think any other third party candidate is. But. Um, you know, I, I do think there is that argument that what Dan is talking about is uh, frustration with the two-party system. And you know, that continues to grow, uh, and there is a great amount of dissatisfaction with 
the political system. So from the standpoint of Justin Amash having a national platform to, you know, to speak about this frustration and to highlight um, in many ways the similarities among the parties which contributes to this frustration, um, he's a very eloquent speaker, and I think he would speak well to that issue. Um, so again, I think it really depends on on how you want to define viable. And I would encourage Dan, uh, if he can't find a candidate to vote in, there is always the write-in option, um, which I believe personally is better than than dropping out and not participating at all. So um, you know, cast a cast a, a ballot for someone that you want to write in, but uh, but cast your vote. Okay, we're going to take another quick break, and when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation about Congressman Justin Amash and his potential run for the presidency. Stay with us and stay with us on the phones. Max and Allen Park, Heller and Ferndale, Ed in Detroit. We'll get to you next as well. If you want to join them, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. Today on 101.9 WDET, I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks very much for tuning in. We're talking about Justin Amash, a congressman from West Michigan, who says he might run for president as a libertarian. He left the Republican Party last year after voting in favor of the impeachment articles against President Donald Trump in the House. He was the only Republican to do that. Uh, He's gotten a lot of attention for that and some other Uh, sort of nonconformist positions and things that he said. And now he says perhaps he might take a run for the presidency. Would that be a successful run as a third-party candidate, or would it just be kind of a spoiler uh, dynamic that would be injected into the race between Joe Biden and Donald Trump? Uh, Joining me to talk about this is Sheikha Dalmia, who is a senior analyst at the Reason Foundation, and Dennis Darnoy, a Republican political consultant. Uh, If you want to join the conversation, 313-577-1019 is always the number here on the phones. I want to read a couple of Twitter comments before we get back to phones. Todd on Twitter says, while I admire his fortitude to become an independent, find his run for presidency disrespectful to those who wish to see Donald Trump removed. Michigan will be a key state in the number count. Uh, Votes he pulls will hurt Biden and not Trump until Michigan changes its winner-take-all electoral college, which would require a change to the state constitution. Third-party candidate is not viable. Uh, Kelly on Twitter uh, reflects the same kind of sentiment. She says she's afraid uh, Amash will just split the votes and it will be 2016 all over again. Again, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. Let's go to Heather in Ferndale. Heather, welcome to the show. Yeah, good morning, Stephen. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to say I take exception to the idea that he's consistent. He's not pro-choice. He's a libertarian, but women shouldn't have autonomy over their choices around their bodies. So mm-hmm. uh, to me, that's a bit of a red flag. To me, it shows a greater possibly inconsistency. So mm-hmm. I just... I can't opine upon how he's going to impact the race. Um, yeah, I don't but you're think just he's not a bad a fan, guy, yeah. but that's just, you know, I mean, this whole idea that he's consistent is, 
not yeah. entirely true. No, so. that, that's a great point, Heather. Uh, Shikadalmia, I'll, I'll let you address that part of uh, Amash's philosophy. He is pro-life, but uh, considers himself a libertarian. Right. And, you know, when I said consistent, I mean with his own views and his own principles, not necessarily. He's not 100 percent in sync with the Libertarian Party uh, platform. Um, and, but, you know, but let me point out no candidate uh, has so far been, uh, you know, not the last time Gary Johnson was less libertarian than Justin Amash is. And before that, Bob Barr you know, was not even a uh, civil libertarian, and yet he managed to get the LP ticket. So in that sense, when it comes to the libertarian party, I mean, I myself have, you know, as you know, I'm a, I'm a very pro-immigration, and I'm actually not sure whether Justin Amash is completely in line with the libertarian party's you know, so-called open borders platform. In fact, you know, I'm uh, trying to get him to answer some questions for me on that front for a piece mm. I'm working on. So, I mean, I have, so there, I'm not saying that he is consistently libertarian, but he is a man of integrity who's consistent with his own thinking. And he has been pro, he's, he's a Christian, he's a religious libertarian. And there are really a lot of religious libertarians who are, you know, not pro-choice. But I wouldn't say, therefore, they are not libertarian. This is a genuine sort of like, you know, uh, uh, disagreement within the party itself. Mm. Uh, so I myself am pro-choice, uh, just as much as your listener uh, is, and that does give me, you know, some personal qualms about Justin Amash, but not necessarily from the standpoint of being a libertarian. Yeah. Uh, again, uh, Heather, thanks very much for the call and the really provocative question. Let's go to Max in Allen Park. Max, welcome to the show. Oh, hi, Stephen, um, and uh, to your guest as well. Um, I, you know, I got anecdotal information from a trusted source like, that um, uh, third-party candidates tend to hurt the party in power more than anything else. Hmm. Now, as a committed social democrat, I don't agree entirely with uh, Justin Amash, but I am a social liberal. Um, it's news to me that he's not necessarily pro-choice, but, I mean, at this point, really, <laughs> you know... As as like Trump himself has said, what have we got to lose? Hmm. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. Uh, right, Max. You know, I, like the two party system is hard, right? Hmm. Max, I really appreciate the 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 question. And Dennis Darnoy, a Republican political consultant who tracks voter data, is the perfect person, I think, to answer that. Is it true that third party candidates take more from the party in power? than they do from a, a challenger. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> excuse me, historically, yes, that's accurate. If you look at, um, you know, Ross Perot's impact on, on the race in 96, Gary Anderson's impact on the race in 1980, um, they certainly uh, had a negative impact on the party in power um, given that year. So, yeah, that's an actually accurate statement that, that Max made. And so uh, thinking that way, then kind of handicapping November, especially in a state like Michigan, Justin Amash's presence might help Joe Biden then uh, get the votes that uh, that Hillary Clinton was not able to or, or at least get the majority that Hillary Clinton was not able to. Yeah, I mean, the, the, there's two factors uh, in play that we know. One is that the percentage of Democratic voters is likely to be larger 
in 2020 than it was in 2016. And then secondly, the areas at which which provide the libertarian vote, Macomb, Oakland, Kent, um, those voters are the, are your former Republican voters. And so um, anyone who voted for Clinton in 16, is, it's not, they're not going to go and vote for Trump in 20. So where those votes are going to come from are likely from the pool of, of Trump voters. And one other factor that, you know, is now a new factor that we have to consider is as a percentage of the vote, protest votes, whether it's Green Party, Libertarian Party, um, National Law Party, their vote more comes at the ballot box uh, versus absentee ballots. And it's a part of the, the problem of having two parties where they can you know, have programs dedicated to chasing absentee ballot votes. So if our election, as you know, Secretary Benson was talking about, is going to be a predominantly vote by absentee mail in November, that could have an impact on the overall vote that third-party candidates get in Michigan. Um, yeah, go ahead, so Chica. We've, I, got, we've got about yeah, 30 just, seconds if, left, but go ahead. Uh, just to add to that, you know, I think what's raising concerns is this one poll which – uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, said that uh, Joe Biden had a 12-point lead without Justin Amash and then only a six-point lead with Justin Amash. That said, I think Democratic voters are extremely motivated to see Trump out of office. And so I don't see them switching their allegiance to Justin Amash, even though they may not like Joe Biden. On the other hand, you know, there are lots of libertarians who don't like Trump who may vote for Justin Amar. So I I mean, I think there is absolutely something to this idea that he'll take more votes from Trump than he will from Biden. And I think Trump's own reaction to the uh, to the uh, Amash candidacy shows that, I mean, they are not happy in the Trump camp that he has thrown his hat into the race. Okay, Sheikha Dalmia, senior analyst for the Reason Foundation, and Dennis Darnoy, Republican political consultant. It was really great to have you guys here for this conversation. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. All right, that's going to do it for me today. I'll be back tomorrow when we're going to have a conversation with Congresswoman Brenda Lawrence, uh, who we are going to talk to about the federal response to the coronavirus pandemic. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's NPR station, your connection to news, music, and conversation. We'll talk again tomorrow.